Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my guy, Adam. Hey guys, welcome back. We're glad to have you, everybody that keeps coming back and listening to us. All of our best friends. All of our best friends, <laughs> all over the place. We've had a busy last little while. Very busy. Trying not to die busy. Like, not drinking from a fire hose, being blasted uh, across the room by a fire hose, I feel like. so. But all really happy, fun things. So Yes, yeah, just a lot going on. I think last time we talked about the wedding going mm-hmm. on, we talked about... Max and Savannah and the gender reveal. So we went up to the gender reveal last weekend and it was just as exciting as we thought it would be. And we thought it was going to be really exciting. So we weren't wrong. It was fun. After, do you want to explain how the gender reveal went down? Yes, it was so, so cute. So the results of the blood test were sent to Savannah's brother, Brexton. I think we kind of said that already, that he was the one lining up the whole situation. So he got the whole party orchestrated, and he was the only one who knew this news. And it was so cute. Savannah and I were in the bathroom right before we were getting ready to go down to the little reveal. And I was. she asked what I thought. She's like, do you think it's a boy or a girl? And I was kind of like, well... I think it's a girl, but I might not be the right one to ask because literally I was absolutely wrong for two out of my three kids. <laughs> so I, I was dead wrong. So don't ask me. <laughs> Brexton had wrapped silly string bottles with the gender, the blue or the pink, and all of the bottles were wrapped in either pink or blue with an opposing blue or pink bow. Mm-hmm. And he was so funny when I talked to him. He's like, it's been so awesome because I've been dropping hints here or there for oh yeah, I accidentally let slip that it's a her. And then in the same conversation, I'll accidentally let slip that it's a him. (laughs) And everybody's so confused and no one knows what's happening. And he knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. He did a great job. And Savannah's mom and her family came up and decorated it beautifully and some lovely treats. And it was so nice. I thought it was funny. They said, okay, first we're going to let the grandparents go pick either a, a pink or a blue canister. And I sat there waiting for the like, grandparents. We were waiting for the grandparents to, <laughs> like, to oh, go. Wait, like, we're Grandma, the Grandma Carol, Grandpa Carl. Oh, us. Oh, us. That's we're the grandparents. Us. So, Even though we've embraced it, it's just like it's taking us a sec to remember that it's us is all. Yes. But we're so excited. So we went over. Mikkel picked a pink one. Mm-hmm. I picked a blue one. Mm-hmm. And that way we could be right together. <laughs> we had no... We're ch- jointly we're correct. We're jointly correct. And... Then after all the spray bottles were taken, then they they counted down from 10. And then when they got to one, then everybody sprayed their silly string all at the same time. For the big gender reveal. And it all came out blue. And I was wrong again. So now I'm like three for four, absolutely cannot call it. So don't ever ask me what I think the gender of your baby is because I absolutely don't know. So... <laughs> So it is a baby boy. Yes. So we'll be having baby a boy son. We, we are cannot so wait. excited. So that was our big news for mm-hmm. the week. That was so fun. Do you have any memes you'd like to share? Well, obviously I always do. I know. I decided to veer slightly because this meme was so cute and sweet. That even though they're normally just really funny ones, this was so cute that I'm like, you know what? We're using this meme this week. The meme is... 
men being in therapy is the new over six feet for me. Oh, that's nice. I know. That's so <laughs> nice. So men, as a testament also to Sam Stapley's episode a few weeks ago, right. it's very attractive for men to be, number one, in touch with their feelings, number two, to be able to talk about them in a healthy way, and to care well for the people around them as well. That's right. Yeah. We love that. Today's episode, we, we're going to respond to some questions yes. that you've gotten. Yes. It, well, everybody knows, because I ask all the time, send questions or topics. Right. And... Sometimes they kind of will center along a theme or I'll get like two or three questions that are essentially the same right in a row. And that's kind of what happened over these past two or three weeks is I've gotten questions specifically from parents in very difficult circumstances with their kids, teenagers, trying to figure out how to support and help and honestly what the heck to do because nobody knows. And so, you know, really the question is, what do you do? When your child is struggling with mental illness and maybe they have coping mechanisms that you are not on board with or mm. that, you know, makes you uncomfortable. Well, one of the, the first gal who reached out asked what to do. She kind of gave me the situation and said, my, my son is really struggling in school and he loves to work out. So he's been going to the gym two or three times a day and I'm not sure what to do. But wasn't it he's not doing his homework or Yeah, he's work? not doing his schoolwork. He's missing school. He's not doing well in his classes, but he goes to the gym multiple times a day. He's a yeah. really good athlete. He's a really sharp kid. This woman is a wonderful mom. She cares very much about her son, obviously. That's right. why we reach out. That's why we ask. And so she was so worried and she was asking what my advice was, and she was thinking, do I ground from the gym? Do we take that away to get him to put effort into some of these other really important places in his life? Sam, you all know that Sam moved back home. Sam is an invaluable resource to me at this point in time because he has gone through some very difficult things. We made it through the thick of it, and Sam now is doing so well. He's grown up. He's adulting. He moved back home after being out of the house for a while. And it's really fun to have him at the stage he is now doing so well. And also he's so knowledgeable. So I pick his brain. He's always my go-to for stuff like this. I'm like, okay, Sam, what's your advice? What should I tell this mom who loves her son so much? What should we do? And he said, don't ever take away their coping mechanism. So every kid is going to have a different coping mechanism. He said the important thing is don't take away whatever that coping mechanism is because that's the thing that's keeping them tethered and helping them cope and deal and making sure they're okay. So Sam's coping mechanism, when he was in such a hard spot, he would watch funny videos on YouTube. He was always on his phone. So stressful as a parent, right? So stressful and I wanted to implement phone rules and I wanted to take away the phone and all of these other things. And if you want to hear more detail of that, it's episode number 10, and it's called Being Flexible with Your Teen. So it's right after Sam's episode of nine, where he came on and like gave us his two cents. And then we did a follow-up about how hard it was for us as parents to support in that way, because everything in our heads was like, freak out, freak out, freak out. This is not the right way to handle it. But now in hindsight, looking back, and where Sam is at now, it was 100% the right way. And it was the only way we could have handled it and had everything turn out okay. So having Sam now be in this spot, it's so great to have him say, okay, if your son's coping mechanism is going to the gym two or three times a day, 
Like your son needs to feel like you're his ally, not his adversary. Yeah. So whatever their coping mechanism is, be interested in it. Ask them about their workouts. Go to the gym and work out with them. It doesn't matter if you like to work out. That is not the point. You love your kid. If you want to find out, like, what's healthy recipes I can make that have a lot of protein, whatever. Right. Well, and every kid has their own coping mechanism. You know, for Sam, it was watching funny videos. And there's just, you know, being able to laugh. I mean, when he was in a really tough place, just the ability to laugh and kind of let go and have the, the chemicals in your brain that when you laugh and have a good time, it helps. It lifts the heavy weight that they're dealing with. And I imagine for this other kid who is going to the gym, you have those same chemical releases in the brain that just makes it so it's not so heavy. And you just need these things. Some people listen to music and listening to music will trigger things in your brain that just lightens the heavy, heavy load that they're dealing with. And so, you know, from our standpoint, we're like, well, they need to do their schoolwork. We need to cut this off. They need to do their schoolwork. You're but, not wrong. They do need to do their schoolwork. Like, I'm, we're not saying schoolwork's not important. Right. But at the time, there is an unmet need, and, and they need that thing. And sometimes it literally is a matter of life and death. And I know it's a very serious subject, but suicide is a real thing, and... When our teens especially are struggling, we need to be sensitive to help them and be an ally, like you said, on their team. Number one, to just keep them alive so that we can go to the next step and they can progress. But sometimes you're at that point where just having them be alive and functioning is a big success. I feel like functioning is secondary. Alive yeah, is just alive. Just, well, be, sure. just be alive. <laughs> I know I, I personally talked to two of these ladies and the third one, I we just exchanged messages. But both of these ladies are in that position where they're so worried that their child is going to be alive. They're really worried for their safety. Right. And that's a legitimate thing. If your child is at that spot, set aside the expectations for right now. And I know it's scary and I know it's terrifying, but Sam's advice is the very best advice. What is your child doing to cope and get on board with whatever that is? Like enter into their world on their terms. Our therapist likes to say all the time, you can't go into somebody else's world and rearrange their furniture. Right. That would be very <laughs> rude. Can you imagine so rude. going into someone's house and then you start rearranging the furniture because you think it would, you know, it should be designed a different way. I literally did that to my parents when they moved in their house because See? I love to arrange furniture. It was also very well, don't rude, do that. by the way. It was very rude. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I won't do it again. <laughs> but we typically don't do that. We right. respect other people's opinions and right. values and, you know, their space. It's important with your teenager then to understand, like, my goal is to get into Sam's world in our case. Right. As parents, your goal is to get into your child's world wherever they're at and be their ally. Because so many times we feel like we need to set expectations right. and set boundaries on what our children are able to do. But when they're at the point of being alive at the end of the day is a hard thing to accomplish, and when you get there, it's a huge relief. And then you have another day to do it again tomorrow. If your child is at that really, really scary spot, don't worry about expectations or boundaries. Be on their team. That's it. Just be on their team. Yeah. We always say this. We're not professionals, but we're just going to give you our opinions. So right. I'm going to give you my opinion. <laughs> I feel like most things that work in standard parenting do not work well when parenting 
a child with mental illness. I feel like it's the opposite advice. It's the opposite advice. I feel like it's parenting 2.0. No, it's parenting like 20.0. What do you you mean? It's like next level. It's a harder, it's a more difficult level than parenting children without mental illness. And so the problem is you get other people who know that this has worked with their family. Well, and also that it's generally good parenting advice. Yes. It is good parenting advice to put boundaries on your child's phone. It's good parenting advice to set restrictions around things. It's good parenting advice to encourage school and... Make homework a requirement. That's right. generally good and advice. And take away privileges right. if they don't do certain things. Except if they're suicidal. Right. That's all very, very, very bad advice. Yes. Then you scrap everything. So the hard part is when you're a parent in that situation is you're hearing advice from all your friends who don't have the same challenges as your family. And it, frankly, it's just wrong advice. I know for us... I was freaking out inside my head. Yeah. So I want to back up and say the only reason we were able to go through and we decided to approach things with Sam the way that we did mm-hmm. when we finally just said, okay, school's off the table. Don't worry about it. Job's off the table. Don't worry about it. Right. He sat home. I kid you not, six months doing nothing but watching funny videos on his phone. Yeah. Okay. Talk about freaking out inside as a parent. I did not know if anything was ever going to be okay. And I certainly was really questioning myself if that was the right thing to do. But his psychiatrist, Dr. Greenman, is the one who told me this is is what you do. Like Sam's a really, really smart kid. He's going to be fine. So right now, all we're going to do is get his meds situated. And I know it's going to look scary. And I know you're going to freak out. And I know you're going to panic. But it's the right thing to do. Well, I just remember feeling like a negligent parent if I didn't force him to do certain things. I remember going through a time where I felt like it was my duty as a parent to force him to go to school. And it was bad. It was the wrong decision and it damaged the relationship. And so I guess my advice to all of you who want to go down that path and try to force your children to do certain things, my guess is eventually you're going to come to the same conclusion that I did And you're going to get here anyway. So we're just trying to save the relationships so there's not as much damage control when you have to change course. And let us reiterate the very intro to this podcast. We are not professionals. (laughs) Like this is real life advice that has worked for us in our real life family and our real life relationships. We're not professionals and we do not take the place of professionals. So go to a therapist, uh, go to a psychiatrist, get everybody on your team who has educated advice. We're just going to give you the practical advice that worked for us. When you get to that point where these couple of people that reached out to you were in, our advice is number one, just keep them alive and stay connected. Yeah. I mean, that's all, I mean, that's a very basic level of parenting or it's a very high level of parenting. I mean, either way you look at it, it's very advanced parenting on many levels, but If those are your two objectives, it's actually not as stressful and difficult as it seems. The thing that creates stress and difficulty is when you're trying to make sure your child hits certain milestones and do things in the same timetable as everybody else. Sam did drop out of high school. Six months later, he did end up getting his GED. And then he worked full time. After that six-month period, he, he's worked full-time for two and a half years with a plan of getting his commercial scuba diving license. 
And he already had his recreational license. Again, go back and listen to episode 9 and 10. There are a lot of... Uh, right. This will explain the story a little bit more. But he saved up all of his cash. He actually just started his commercial scuba diving program this past week. And he now has a new plan that he also wants a marine biology degree on top of his commercial scuba license so he can get literally any job in his dream field, which is scientific underwater research, marine biology. Yeah. From my standpoint... You know, I graduated from high school, Mm -hmm. then I went on to college. Straight to college. And then I got an advanced degree, went to law school. And I'm thinking this is the way. This is the only way. This is the right way. Right. And when I realized Sam was not going down this path, it caused me a lot of stress because I thought this was the only way it could work. And like, you can't be successful with a GED. When in reality... You can be. (laughs) It was really scary, though, because it felt like we were giving up on hopes and dreams and expectations and all of it. And in hindsight, looking back, it did feel like that at the time. It did feel like that was my choice. And Dr. Greenman also helped me realize that we were just setting those expectations on the back burner for a minute. We didn't know how long a minute was going to be. Maybe a minute is a couple months for you guys. For us, a minute was five years. Right. It's been five years that this has happened. Sam has been studying for the ACT for the past couple months. He meets with a tutor every day. Like, he's ready. He's at the point now where we thought he was going to be right out of high school. Right. Except we've had five years. And we honestly didn't know if it would land here or not. Right. If somebody would have told us, this is what it looks like in five years, calm down. (laughs) Calm your face. It'll be okay. It would have saved us a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah, so much anxiety. And so I... No, everybody's so scared to let go of that, but it doesn't mean you're letting it go. You're just putting it on the back burner for a minute. Right. And you're working with them instead of against them. Sam was explaining to me the difference of when you're your child's ally, you're into their world. You're not there to correct anything. Again, you're not rearranging the furniture. You're not coming in and then sliding in, like giving nine compliments and then saying your one thing that you want them to be doing. That (laughs) was parenting advice somebody told to me. You're not doing that. You're just 100% their ally. There's not any other motivation behind there other than just being with them and connecting with them and being their cheerleader. So it's not like now we do something nice and now I can tell you what to do because I did something nice for you. Right. I mean, it really goes back to unconditional love. When yeah. you have that unconditional love, it's it doesn't matter what they achieve or what yeah. they don't. You love them and you just want to connect with them. I feel like there's a distinction, though. I think that all of these parents that I've talked to, they all have unconditional love. It's not that. It's misunderstanding that you can have that unconditional love, but you also can let go of expectations. And that doesn't mean you're being negligent. Right. Because it feels like that and it's terrifying. Yes. It feels like it's your job to make it happen. In some ways, it's easier to help someone else's kid navigate it actually is it's like when sam stapley was on talking about his being a support to friends and roommates and mission companions and how when he got married to eliza that he actually botched it a few times because it's different when you feel personally responsible for somebody as parents absolutely do for their children yeah it is kind of counterintuitive that letting go and connecting and giving them space could actually help them move forward. It seems like if you drop the expectations and the forcing and the pushing, 
that they're just going to drift off into the abyss. Well, and no progress will be made. <laughs> and no progress, yeah. It's so interesting talking to Sam now. He loves to sit and talk. And like he spent so much time thinking about things in his head. He's so well-read and well-educated because he likes to. He likes to be that way and he likes to be informed. And so it's so interesting talking to him now about the things that were the catalyst for him in choosing to progress, in choosing specific areas of his life that he knew he was lacking in. So he focused on those areas to progress. He did that on his own. We didn't do that. It wasn't something that we pushed enough or we encouraged enough that he finally was like, oh, mama, dad, you're right. We let go absolutely. And then we sat on it for six months. Sam decided on his own, once we stopped pushing him, this is what he wanted to do. And he has done a bang-up job, man. He's so articulate and well-spoken and smart, and I I couldn't be prouder of him. Well, you have to realize that, you know, your kids are doing the best they can under the circumstances they're in. Mm -hmm. So we feel like we have to motivate them, when in reality, once they get into a different space, either whether through medication or therapy or whatever else, when they start feeling better, they will push themselves. I think we just have to trust our kids that they're not lazy. They're not unmotivated. Mm -hmm. They're just struggling. They're trying to meet their needs. They're trying to cope. I I feel like it kind of brings us back to the episode on addiction. Right. That people are meeting their needs in the very best way they can. Sometimes it's in unhealthy ways. But your brains are smart. Your brains are trying to help needs be met. So when we see our kids acting in these different ways, especially... You know, one of the parents I talked to, this was the same situation with Sam, too. They would stay awake all night and sleep all day and wasn't working and wasn't going to school. I mean, talk about so scary as a parent feeling like I've absolutely lost all control (laughs) and direction. And this, I have to put a screeching halt to this for everything to be okay. But for us, that was not the right answer. So instead, we just had to connect with Sam over his funny YouTube videos. That's why I send memes back and forth to the kids all the time. It's not that I inherently, as a 48-year-old woman, think that memes are my very best use of time and energy. They are hilarious. I've now come to enjoy them on my own. But that's when we started connecting with the kids in that way. So because that's what they liked. So I will connect with them in whatever way they like. And for Sam, I've connected with him through listening to music with him. Sam listens to crazy, really intense, like speedcore, hard music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like music. I really do. I like all genres. I like to listen to it. I'm always listening to music. You and Max, like music was your thing bonding forever all growing up. You and Max would go to concerts from what? Was he 11 or 12 the first concert you took him to? something like that. We just went up to Utah when we were up there for the gender reveal, you and Max also went to a concert because you guys do that together. Yes. So you do love music. You love all kinds of music. Yes. And so then when you know, I started listening with Sam, I realized Sam likes speedcore. This is intense music. I did not know what it was, but it is intense. It is crazy. It, it's an acquired taste. I actually love it because when Sam and I started <laughs> climbing at the new climbing gym together, we go in his car and he plays his music. And yeah. I'm along for the ride, man. I'm so happy to be there. He plays his music really loud. And I've actually added so many of his songs onto some of my favorite playlists because I really, really like them now. So if anybody's wondering, I think my Hardbangers playlist, Mikkel's Hardbangers, is still public on Spotify. <laughs> so if you want to know... What music we've bonded with Sam over, go to that Hardbangers playlist, and it's towards the end of Speedcore stuff. So, Yeah. So I'm just giving you a warning to all the parents out there yeah. that when you enter their world, 
your initial reaction might not be, <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs> you smile and keep your mouth closed and you nod and smile. That's... But then you use your creativity to yeah. find something you like about it. You might not like everything, but yeah. there is something that you're going to like. Uh-huh. And I remember, you know, telling Sam, man, that just gets you amped up and energized. Yeah. That's the thing I could find out. I wouldn't personally listen to it. It's not my taste, but I'm not there for me. Yeah. I'm there to visit Sam's world and appreciate the beauty and the, the interesting elements of Sam's world. When you do that, it's a totally different it's experience. It's a different experience. Well, and again, the funny thing is these songs that I would never have listened to, I wouldn't even known about the genre without Sam, right? Now, there are some songs that I'll listen to on repeat for the entire day is Sam's Speakor songs. Mm -hmm. So I genuinely love them now. But how much of that is maybe your connection with Sam? And I think sometimes we start to like things because our kids like them. I mean, we can genuinely... It's like some things I like because you like them. I thought that you always loved interior decorating (laughs) romantic comedies. I thought that that's just genuinely what you liked. But when you love somebody, you appreciate, you know, what they like... And you can find value in it. And so that's, I guess that's my advice, is to find something in their world and genuinely compliment and enjoy an aspect of it. When you genuinely like it, it just brings a closeness and a bond. So whatever your child's thing is, our advice would be go into that world and go appreciate. It's easy to be critical um, of what your children's... Well, and I I think we feel like it's our job sometimes as parents to guide them to healthier, better uh, things that will improve their lives. You should listen to classical music. You know, let's, let's... Side note, there's only one kind of music on the whole planet that annoys me so much I can't even deal, and it's classical. (laughs) So I don't know if that just means I'm lowbrow. It might. Well, yes, I enjoy some classical music, but (laughs) (laughs) other than Max playing classical guitar, he's amazing at it. But that's what I'm saying. It's because Max is playing. That's true. I love that, but that is the only classical music I love. Right. So maybe you love it because your child loves it. Yeah, maybe so. So uh, becoming their ally, visiting their world, appreciating that, and being okay letting go of the expectations just for a minute. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're giving up hope. It's not not. like you're... Because I think a parent is always going to have hopes and dreams for their child. But you have to be okay with whatever path it takes to get to those, just being okay with it. And also really being in touch with your kid and knowing, like, what spot are they in? If they're in a spot where you're worried that they're going to be safe, drop everything. We said this in Sam's episode, but... We were at a point where I knew we either change and let go of all of these expectations or we were going to lose Sam. I knew that those were our choices. And that choice is a no-brainer. I pick Sam all day, every day, no questions asked. So I think if kids, if your kid is in that spot, if they understand that you pick them no matter what, I think they'll understand that you are their ally and you'll be able to come up with solutions together because we want our kids to be happy and healthy and safe and to progress in all of these areas. But number one, we want them safe. Yes. So our advice is get all the parenting books out there, listen to all the parenting gurus and do that. Have a bonfire. (laughs) Oh, is that not what you were saying? And do all of that (laughs) until it doesn't work. 
<laughs> and when it doesn't work, because it's going to work for it many, many... It won't work for the majority of people. So we're not saying yeah. that you should it's initially go to... Yeah. This. this is last resort. Right. Well, and I think it's parenting 2.0. And I genuinely believe this. I believe it's a next level, a higher level of parenting. And you need to do things a little differently. But all of that parenting advice is really, really good advice 95% of the time. And it totally worked with our kid who doesn't have mental illness. So they were all right. Unfortunately, that was only one out of three that it worked for. (laughs) But then when you get to the point, which these two people that reached out are at that point, three people that reached out, um, they're at that point, be willing to switch. Yeah. Be willing to adjust and be willing to embrace Parenting 2.0. And I promise you, things will work out. Um, and, and it will get better. And most importantly, you can keep your relationship with your child intact. Like, that's always the whole goal. And it's so hard. There's going to be ups and downs. It's going to yeah. be hard. There's, I mean, every parent-child relationship is going to have ups and downs. And it's going to be hard through things. But at the end of the day... If they know you love them no matter what and you've done everything you can to stay close, it's going to be okay. And the problem is, as parents, sometimes we look at the current trajectory and we extrapolate over the next 40 years as if they're going to always be on that same trajectory. But the reality is they don't. It's just a pause button. Understand it's just a pause button and you're going to come back to it in a minute. But for right now, you're just choosing to be whatever your child needs you to be just for this minute. You're doing great. It's going to be okay. Your kid's going to be a superstar in life in their own amazing way. So I'm just telling you now, you don't need to worry about it because it's going to be okay. Yeah. And it might take time and it does require patience. Yeah. Five years. Right. That's a long time, man. Sometimes you need, sometimes our expectations are, okay, I'll do this. And then maybe next week or next month, it'll be different. And you have to just be patient because it might be next year. If you have confidence that you'll eventually get there, your child will eventually get there, then you can relax. Uh-huh. Then you don't have to feel anxiety and stress while you're on the journey with them. Yeah. And that's the important part is to be on the journey with them. Be their ally. Be on their team. Be connected. Even when it's maybe not the way you would do it. Yep. So at the end of the day, you will become also a gym rat. And you will become also a protein fanatic. Or you become a Speedcore fan or a YouTube and meme fan. Whatever the things (laughs) that you wouldn't have been without the insights of your child. So, Well, and now we are rock climbers. Yes. That we probably would not be indoor rock climbers or bouldering doing any of that. I have a couple really funny stories, but these are going to have to wait till updates for another day about climbing with Sam. (laughs) (laughs) We climb together a lot now, so it's, it's really fun. We have some funny things happening. Okay, this quickly, I, again, always have things, questions that people ask in messages that they submit. And I had a listener text me from the Sacramento area asking if I know a great psychiatrist or a great counselor or therapist. I wish I had amazing resources to give to every single person, and I don't. So I've been kicking the bushes trying to figure out how to give them a really good referral. And then I realized I don't have to because I have so many people who listen to the podcast. And I know because I have the numbers, there's a bunch of you that live in that area. So if you live in that area, 
please, please send me an amazing referral for a psychiatrist or a counselor so that this wonderful listener can have professionals that she trusts and that will help her. So I really appreciate that ahead of time for all of you. So thank you. And if any of you didn't like our parenting advice today, that's okay. You don't have to listen. We probably should have put the beginning. If you don't want to hear what we have to say, don't listen. When we were traveling up to Utah, uh, we passed a billboard that made us laugh. So, McCarthy, you want to <laughs> you want to share? It kind of ties in with with what we just talked about. It does totally tie in because <laughs> sometimes the kids will ask me for my advice, and I will let them know ahead of time. I I don't know that you really want my advice because I'm not going to tell you something that you want to hear right now. So sometimes they still want me to say it, and sometimes they don't, and that's fine too. And then I keep it to myself. But as we were driving by this billboard, it said uh, A S K ask whole. And the definition was somebody who asks your opinion and does the exact opposite. So we just <laughs> want to let you all know, like we did have people ask us, but this is our advice and yes. it's fine if you want to be an ASK hole and not listen to it. We don't really care, no. but you're the one who asked. We won't think badly of we you. We won't. <laughs> we'll still be friends. We will. <laughs> well done, parents. You're killing it. Good job. Keep up the good work. So thank you to all of us again for joining us today. We love when you come back. We love when you submit messages. We love to interact with you and really hope that this benefits you in your life in some way. If you have topics that you'd like to see covered or questions that you'd like asked, you can submit them on Instagram at Thriving with Mental Illness. If you like this podcast, rate it and share it with a friend. If there's an episode that makes you think, this is for that person, send it to them because maybe they'll like it. If you want to learn more about living with mental illness day to day, you can get my book on Amazon. As always, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. We'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>